Mary has to become the most important woman in your lives. That's what a spiritual director said to me my first year of seminary. And it's been a long journey over the last eight years or so. But I think I can say today that that's true for me. Mary has become the most important woman in my life. The invitation for each of us is the same. That's not just true for the seminarian. It's true for every Christian. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to reflect on three of Mary's identities and the invitation for each of us to relate to her in these three identities. And then at the end, I'll just wrap them together in an invitation for us to enter into them. The first is Mary as daughter. Before Mary was mother of Christ and before she was spouse of the Holy Spirit, Mary was the daughter of the Father. She lived with him every moment of her life. She was preserved from original sin. And every moment from that point on, she was perfectly united with her father. That's what allowed her, when it came to the moment of the Annunciation, the angel appearing before her and inviting her to be this instrument of salvation. That's what enabled her to say, be it done unto me according to thy word. The fact that she lived out of her identity of being a daughter of the Father. We too are invited to be sons of the Father and everything else flows from that. We can be caught up in thinking, how can I be a good husband? How can I be a good father? How can I be a good worker? How can I be a good student? These are all important questions and we need to reflect on them and grow in these areas. But in the Christian life, we receive all of that. And we receive that because we first receive our sonship. We receive our sonship of the Father. We don't create these things for ourselves. The Father gives them to us. From here we grow. From here we become fathers and husbands and students and workers because we're sons of the Father. Mary exemplifies that for us better than anyone else. At the Annunciation, the Holy Spirit became her spouse. And she became the spouse of the Holy Spirit. The spouse of God. This is Mary's second identity. The Spirit and her became perfectly united as one. And from here flowed out their fruits. We too are invited to be spouses of God. And we hear that language a lot, especially in regards to women becoming religious. They marry Christ. They become the bride of Christ. That's true for women, but that's true for every Christian. Our souls become the bride of God, the spouse of God. It's not just a matter of doing what God tells us to do. It's a matter of being wedded to him, of having this heart-to-heart connection. Men become husbands to their father, to their to their wives, and they wear a symbol that represents that marriage, and that's the symbol of a wedding ring. For my ordination, my mother gave me a ring 
the ring that she wore with my father. And after my father died 30 some years ago, she started wearing it as a necklace in a chain around her neck. And that was her symbol of her, of her commitment to my father. And now at my ordination, she gave it to me. I haven't had a chance to yet, but I'm gonna have it inscribed on the inside, totos tuus, which means totally yours. A prayer first of St. Louis de Montfort to Our Lady, and then perhaps better popularized by John Paul II. But the idea of giving ourselves totally to Our Lady and becoming a spouse to her and through her a spouse to God. And thirdly, Mary the mother. Now, interestingly, this is how we know her the most. Most of the time we talk about the Blessed Mother. She's our mother. And that's true. She is our mother. And so we associate her first with being mother. Mary as mother. If we stop and reflect, we see that that's a third, the third of her, of these three identities, in the order of these identities. So she's not first of all mother. She's first of all, first of all daughter and then spouse. And only out of these two realities, these two identities, a daughter to the Father, a spouse to the Holy Spirit, now she can be mother to the Son, Christ. You notice how amazing this is in the order of grace. The three persons of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, relating to Mary in three different and unique ways, giving her these three identities of being spouse, of being first daughter, then spouse, then mother. Okay, so now Mary is mother of the Son, Jesus. And now, for us, we now can enter into that relationship with her, of being her sons, because we stand in the place of Christ in this dynamic, in this relationship. A book I read a few weeks ago is called Sheltered Within Her Heart. And it gives this beautiful image of Jesus coming into awareness for the first time, coming to know who he is as a human, as a human child, as a human baby, and him experiencing himself as being beloved because his mother would look into his eyes and his mother would communicate to him that he was loved. And this is what allowed him to know himself as being a beloved son of the Father. Now, we all have mothers. Every single of us have a mother. Maybe we have experiences of our mothers being really present, of being really loving, of being really affirming, of being really encouraging. Maybe some of us have experiences of our mothers being struggling with sin, maybe addiction, maybe completely distant, maybe not in our lives at all. And then maybe we fall ourselves, we find ourselves somewhere in that spectrum, somewhere in between. The Christian invitation is wherever we find ourselves in our relationship with our own mothers, we now have access to God's mother, to the perfect mother, the mother who never sinned, the mother who was never absent. She now can become our mother, the mother whose heart is immaculate and through whom we too can receive an immaculate heart. And we too can be conformed to the heart of Christ through her, through Mary, through her immaculate heart. So with these three identities, 
I want to read just a line from a reading from this morning from one of the church's saints. St. Lawrence Justinian. He said this, Imitate her, O faithful soul. Enter into, into the deep recesses of your heart so that you may be purified spiritually and cleansed from your sins. Imitate her. In order to imita imitate her, we need to know her better. We need to know her personally. It's not enough to just know about her. It's not even enough to even just have devotions to her. These things are the first touch points to know about her and to have de devotions to her. But we have to go all the way to her heart and know her at a very intimate level. I'm gonna invite you to just close your eyes in a moment and think about how it is that you know your friends. All you guys here are good friends with each other. It's really amazing to see your friendships. We saw it a few nights ago and seeing it today. Recreating together, praying together, learning together, growing together. If you have a best friend, how is it that you know your friend? Do you know about him because you read about him? Because you say things to him from far away? Feel free to just close your eyes and just take a few moments to think about that for yourselves. How is it that you know your friend? In a conversation with a group a few weeks ago, when we discussed this question, two main things came up, main themes came up. One is spending time with him or her. We have to spend time with our friend in order to know him or her. And we have to pay attention to our friend in order to know him or her. That's the same invitation for us to get to know Mary. To spend time with her and to pay attention to her. To the degree that we do this, we receive our identities, our own identities of being God's son, God's spouse, and through these we become fathers. We produce fruits in different ways. Mary has to become the most important woman in your lives. 